Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Diamond 750, a page and podcast dedicated to all things baseball on the platform of 1029 and 750 The Game. I'm your host, Judah Newby. Wednesday, the 5th of April, a couple of great guests for you. First, captain and shortstop at Oregon State, the consensus number one ranked team in the country and winners of 20 in a row. Nick Madrigal is going to join me. I'm going to ask him about the science behind his swing. He is hitting 393 right now with three home runs. The adversity that he had to go through at the end of last season in order to reach this point and just what it's been like being on this Oregon State team that's 120 straight. And then we're going to get to David Peterson. What a year this guy's having. Six and one, an ERA of two and a quarter, a whip that's under one right now. And this is his first year as a Friday night starter for George Horton in the University of Oregon. So we have Beavers, we've got Ducks, both programs having outstanding years really to this point. Can't count out Oregon in the Pac-12 right now. Can't count them out, especially with a guy like David Peterson leading off the weekend. And I'm really looking forward to both of these conversations. Feel free to give me a follow on Twitter at Judanubi and at 1029thegame. This is the second installment of Diamond 750, going to be covering all levels of baseball all season long. And without any further ado, we'll first get to the conversation I had this morning with Nick Madrigal and then transition over to David Peterson. Thanks for listening, everybody. Chef Larry M. This ball is smoked to left. Madrigal. By Nick Madrigal, shortstop, sophomore, Oregon State Beavers. They've won 20 straight games, most recently defeating the Portland Pilots 4-3 to at Joe Etzel Field. Nick, uh, I'm glad to be able to finally meet you and talk to you, man. First things first, welcome to the 20-year-old club, man. Welcome to the 20s. I know you turned 20, what was it, about a month ago? Yep, uh, right around there, yep, right uh, around there. How does it feel? Good, it feels good, yeah, thank you. <laughs> How'd you celebrate? I know you guys had a game day that day. Yeah, uh, let's see, I think we were actually on the road. Um, I went to dinner with my dad. Um, he was watching us play, um, so I got a chance to go to dinner with him, but other than that, nothing, nothing else too special. Talking to you around 10 o'clock on a uh, Wednesday morning, what does your Wednesday morning look like so far? Uh, right now we uh, we're at breakfast, and then after breakfast we're gonna go lift some weights, and then uh, later in the day we'll have practice and everything like that. So pretty pretty normal day today. You're a pretty disciplined guy. How does your discipline relate to your diet? What what kinds of things do you eat during the season? Yeah, uh, I mean I try to stay, eat healthy as possible. Um, you know, it, I think a lot of people would say it might be a little tricky on the road. Uh, just because how easy it is to eat fast food and stuff. I really try to eat as healthy as I can. Um, I mean, in the morning, just eggs, um, breakfast, potatoes, that kind of stuff. And uh, try to eat a lot of broccoli with all my meals. <laughs> Raw or steamed? Uh, steamed. Ooh, that's nice. Steamed, <laughs> exactly. That's nice. I got to dip into that myself. Um, you guys have won 20 in a row, man. 20 games in a row. This is extending a program record. I know Missouri has also won 20 straight, so you're, you, aren't, you aren't alone, but Beavers right now, the consensus number one ranked team in the country. How fun of a ride has it been so far? Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't see how much work we put in the offseason. Uh, I mean, we've been preparing for this all offseason um, ever since 
what happened last year. But, um, you know, it is definitely nice to get all the accolades and uh, be the number one team. But I really don't think many people are surprised on their team by this. Um, it's definitely nice to be recognized. But, I mean, we've been preparing for this all year. So, I mean, I think we're definitely in the right spot right now. But um, it is definitely an honor to be the number one team. When you talk about obstacles and adversities, you're obviously very talented. You were selected in the MLB first-year player draft a couple years ago, decided to turn it down, highly heralded, and now a captain on the top-ranked team in the country. But, Nick, you mentioned last year you guys were snubbed, didn't make it to the tournament. Yourself, you were dealing with injury and had some off-season surgery. How did you deal with the frustration of how last year ended and then you have to go home in the off season and rehab a torn labrum. How did you stay patient and disciplined with that rehab, knowing that the season didn't end the way that you wanted it to end? Yeah, uh, I mean there was there was a lot a lot of nights I uh, could not sleep just thinking about the season, what we could do differently, and uh, things like that. But um, you know, I really try to stay positive throughout the whole experience. Um, you know, I know that God has a plan one way or another, and uh, I really try to focus to that. Um, you know, I, I really worked hard on uh, getting my shoulder as healthy as possible, and, uh, you know, goals and the motivation for this year kind of just stayed me, stayed focused on what, what was at hand. Um, you know, it, it could have been easy to get down and kind of not be positive every day, but, um, you know, I, I really try to work as hard as I can so I can be healthy for this year and be a big part of the team. At the same time, though, that's easier said than done, right? Everybody can talk a good game, but when it comes to actually practicing positivity and disciplining your mind to stay positive, are there any kind of practical things that you like to do, any kind of habits that you like to instill to help you maintain that positivity? Because for the rest of us, sometimes <laughs> we just like to think we're staying positive, but it's hard to actually practice that. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, I've definitely learned things over the years. Uh, I mean, I've been surrounded with a lot of great people in my life. I mean, my family is always there for me. Um, you know, they always teach me stuff that helps me along the way. Um, you know, I, I've actually, uh, I, I pray a lot every day, a lot, multiple times a day. And I really do think that keeps keeps me focused in what's, uh, what's important in life and, and maybe what's not as important in life. But, um, you know, just little things, I think it's helped me a lot. But, um, you know, I think sometimes you kind of got to trick your mind, maybe fake it a little bit until you actually, maybe, I, I know you've probably heard the saying fake it until you make it, but I really do think there's some truth behind it. Um, you know, maybe if you just tell yourself, okay, okay, we're going to have a good day today, um, and kind of fake it a little bit, maybe it starts actually becoming real. And, uh, you know, just little things I've picked up along the way. Are you much of a reader at all? I know I'm asking you as a sophomore in college, so you kind of have to be reading a lot for uh, for schoolwork. Do you read right. books at, at all outside of school or, or not really? You don't really have time for that. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've wanted to get into it. Um, I, I haven't been much of a reader yet, but um, that's something that I definitely want to do. Uh, yeah, I haven't got too much into it yet, but definitely want to. All right, you mentioned your family. You've got a twin brother, Ty. You guys played together at Elk Grove High School up there in NorCal, and now he's pitching for St. Mary's. He's a lefty. You guys beat him on March 28th. You faced him in the eighth inning. You got down in an 0-1 count, and you singled to left. What was Ty's mistake? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he just he left one in the middle of the play. Um, I got a good swing on it, but um, he he did great against us. Um, 
you know, I was so happy for him. I was so proud of him, um, the way he pitched and uh, the way he just attacked the game. I mean, he was telling me that's the most, most fans he's had at that field before that he's seen. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of pressure there, but, I mean, he handled it great. Uh, I was really proud of him. What was it like uh, playing high school ball together with a twin brother? Yeah, uh, it was awesome. I mean, I've been fortunate to uh, grow up with him and um, have him as my best friend. I mean, growing up, if, I mean, if we needed to go play catch or something, we would just go in the backyard. And I mean, we did everything together. So, I mean, going to high school together and uh, playing beside him, it, it was awesome. Um, you know, and I really never thought I'd get the chance to play, play against him in college. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to do that. So, I mean, that's not something a lot of people could could say they played against their brother in college. So it was awesome. Nick Madrigal joining us, shortstop Oregon State Beavers, number one ranked team in the country, winners of 20 in a row. Uh, Nick, you also have a couple of other brothers, Zach and Brooks, and one sister, Emma. How old are they, and uh, what are they doing now? Yeah, uh, Brooks Brooks is uh, my stepbrother. He's 20 years old. He's only a couple of days uh, younger than my twin brother and I, and he's playing at a junior college in town in uh, Northern California. So he's playing baseball. He's a third baseman. Uh, in high school, it was me, my twin brother, and my stepbrother. So we're all the same family. We all play on the same high school team. Um, it's pretty cool to do that. Um, my older brother is a correctional officer in a prison in California. Um, he's a little bit older. He's 24, uh, a little bit older. But he played baseball as well. Um, so, I mean, we've always been a baseball family. And then uh, my stepsister, Emma, she's a junior in high school. Now, she plays softball, so she's, she's busy with that. <laughs> uh, Nick, you mentioned your favorite athlete is Jose Altuve, 5'6", uh, the shortest active player in the major league, second baseman, obviously, with the Houston Astros. What is it about Jose Altuve that uh, is so attractive to you? Yeah, I think he just plays the game the right way. I mean, uh, I've never really seen him have a really bad attitude on the field. Um, he always runs balls out, he's diving for balls. I think he just respects the game and plays it the right way. Uh, you know, there's other guys that I like watching, like Mike Trout. Um, I, I really do think they play the game the right way. And I mean, other than the great players, uh, you know, I like how they handle themselves. Uh, maybe if they strike out or something, you don't see too much body language. Uh, with them. I think that, that's pretty special to see in, in those guys. When I uh, watched you play as well, I was thinking a little Dustin Pedroia. Is that a, is that a parallel that you appreciate? Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge honor for you to say that. I mean, I, that's one of my favorites also. Um, you know, I like how he's a, you know, he, he plays the game the right way also. He, he plays hard as he can. Um, you, you'll see at the end of the game his uniform's usually dirty from diving or whatever it may be, getting on base. But, uh, He's definitely one of my favorites, too. I root for him. When it comes to your swing, uh, I was at the Arizona series a couple of weeks ago, and that's when I got to see you play in person for the first time, and you've got that leg kick. And I know that balance is so important to a hitter and being able to pick the foot up, set it down, and keep it through the contact zone. How long have you had that kind of leg kick? Because a lot of of guys aren't comfortable with that because it throws off their balance, but, but you seem to be pretty comfortable with it, and it's working out for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done it uh, pretty much my whole life, I would say. I mean, there's pictures when I'm maybe eight, nine years old, and I'm still, I still have that big leg kick, and maybe it was even a little bigger when I was younger. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always had it. Um, I've worked on it. Maybe it's little things here and there, whether it's timing or, uh, 
whatever it may be, just because the game speeds up as a, a higher level as you go. So, I mean, you got to make adjustments here and there. But, um, you know, I, I've had it my whole life, and uh, there's been a lot of hard work that's gone into it. Um, you know, there's been people that have said that maybe it, it might not work, the leg kick, I might have to change my whole swing. Um, but I really try to stay confident in, uh, in what I had and the same swing I had. But um, it's definitely been a lot of hard work that's gone into it. How important is confidence to a college baseball hitter? I, I really think it's everything. Um, I think a lot of people overlook the game of baseball. Um, I, I really do think a lot of part is, is mental, um, mm-hmm. whether you're in the box or you're pitching or fielding. Um, you know, I think if you're strong mentally, I think you can be very successful in baseball. Um, I think the people that have trouble or maybe getting a slumps or something like that in baseball, I think it's all mental. Uh, you know, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm still learning a lot on the mental side of baseball. It's hard. It's easier said than done, but, um, you know, it may, maybe if you go 0 for 10 or whatever, if you stay strong and know that you're going to get out of it, then I think you'll be stronger. But um, if you keep letting things spiral and get down and down, uh, I think that's when you get in trouble. But um, it's, it's definitely easier said than done. Currently hitting a team high 394. And uh, you've already hit three bombs this year. like to see that power. Eight for nine in stolen bases. But, Nick, perhaps the most impressive part of your game comes with your defense up the middle, playing alongside another slick fielder and hard thrower in Caden Grenier. How fun do you have playing defense next to Caden? Yeah, he, he's awesome. I mean, uh, the first day I got here, I, I would definitely say he's made me a better player. Um, you know, and the people we have in the infield, um, you know, it kind of just rubs off on guys. It makes you definitely better, better player, just because you have to be on top of your game every single day when you show whether that's in practice or the game or um, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, Caden's great to have beside you. And it's definitely a comforting feeling having him just because how great a player he is. I know you guys have won 20 in a row. I know personally, though, you just had your 17-game hit streak snapped. I, I'm sorry about mm-hmm. that, man. Were you able to get any sleep last night? It's all right. Yeah, I did. Uh, You know, maybe that would have been a little harder if we didn't win last night, but I slept just fine knowing that that we won last night. As we get you out here, what's your favorite baseball movie? Go-to baseball movie. What would would you watch? Yeah, I've always liked the Field of Dreams. Um, You know, they have some classic players in it. Um, You know, some people might not think it's the most exciting movie, but I like how... uh, how it is the movie and how um, it shows the older players in it and portrays them. Um, I would say that's probably one of my favorite. I mean, I like online movies like that, but um, I, I like watching Field of Dreams. Well, Nick, yeah, I'm gonna go home and watch Field of Dreams later tonight too. That's uh, <laughs> that's a classic, timeless movie, and it's yeah. on MLB Network like half the week anyway. So that's right. That's Absolutely, a, that's the best. Uh, he's the reigning Pac-12 Player of the Week, the defending Pac-12 Freshman of the Year former 17th round pick of the Cleveland Indians, but Oregon State Nation is glad that he did not uh, go into the draft and instead took the scholarship with Pat Casey. Beavers winners of 20 straight and consensus number one team in the land. Nick Madrigal. Nick, good talking to you, man. Good meeting you, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we thank Nick Madrigal for taking the time to join us here on Diamond 750. Now to the Oregon Ducks, a team that has started out of the gate strong to the Pac-12 schedule in large part because of this man, David Peterson. The Friday night starter, he was a Sunday guy last year pitching behind guys like Cole Irvin and Matt Crook, both of whom end up going in the draft. 
and now this is David Peterson's team, and he's making the most of it. My conversation with left-hander of the Oregon Ducks, David Peterson. Southpaw, junior, ace of the Oregon Ducks, David Peterson, stands 6'6", 240, and enjoying one heck of a junior campaign. David, thanks for taking the time on this Wednesday morning, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, what does your Wednesday typically look like right now, middle of the week, as uh, you get ready for a big weekend? Um, well, this this term, I don't have any class, uh, so okay. the morning's pretty much open for uh, whatever I need to get done, and then uh, got weights around noon and practice in the uh, afternoon. That's just good thinking. No class in the spring. That's that's just good thinking, man. Wait, that that sets you up for success, right? Now you don't have any distractions <laughs> during the baseball season. Yeah, I've got I've got some stuff Tuesday and Thursdays, but uh, the other stuff's online, which is good. You're having a great year, and this comes after you were the third starter last year behind Cole Irvin and Matt Crook. Now you are the top dog on the Oregon Duck staff. What what was your offseason like? Let's start there. What was your offseason like from last year coming up to the beginning of this year? Did you work on anything in particular? Is there anything that you changed? How did you approach it? Well, I definitely knew that there was there were some steps that I could take to get my, uh, get a lot better and, and improve my game, and that started with uh, my summer on Team USA with the national team and Coach Horton and Coach Carricker. And I really focused a lot on... Um, Improving my changeup, I felt like it could be a huge weapon for me if I if I got consistency with it and and slowed it down a little more and had some more control with it and uh, and then when we came in with the fall, it was a lot of it was working with Coach Coach Dietrich and seeing his philosophy and how he works and and what he wants and uh, he and I worked a lot on my direction towards the plate and really staying over my front side and the balance along with. Um, the mental side of the game and being mentally tough and, and being able to persevere through any challenge that comes our way. And so I think it's it was a good offseason for me. I, I thought I got a lot out of it and um, got in even better shape and kept going with everything that I had already. You know, it's interesting when I was uh, reading up on you, I noticed that you had an injury your senior year of high school. Uh, that freak basketball injury that resulted in a broken leg. And some scouts were you know, not afraid, but they were concerned of the confidence that's needed in your lower half, especially in your lower body to explode off the mound. And, and did that, was that ever in the back of your mind when you were starting out in your Oregon duck career, did you have to kind of refine and regrow in that confidence in the lower half of your body, given the fact that you had just broken your leg as a senior? Uh, not at all. I mean, I, I pitched six weeks out of surgery. Um, and, it was it was never really anything that I worried about. I I trusted the doctors and what they said, and I had a really good doctor out of Denver, and he uh, he told me, look, I've I've put everything I can in there, and it's not gonna it, it really can't break again. And so um, I trusted what he said, and and I kind of flushed it honestly. And I played the summer right after my senior year of high school in a collegiate league in the West Coast, and then. Um, so it was never it was never really an issue for me. It was never an issue when I got to Oregon. Um, I had some pain and stuff right after the surgery, but for the most part, I've never really had another issue with it or an incident or any lasting effects, which has been awesome. Through seven starts this year, David, you're six and one, forty six and a third innings. Opponents are only hitting two thirty three after you. 
You have a whip that is under one and a 2.14 ERA. Your strikeout to walk is just ridiculous. 66 to four right now. Um, Do you feel like you are improving with each and every start? And obviously that's a goal of yours every time out there, but do you put any pressure on yourself to try to outdo yourself with each passing start? Because your ceiling right now seems to be, I don't know, it's really impressive. It's hard to to project how high your ceiling is given how uh, well you're pitching so far. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really put pressure on myself that, outdo the outing before. Uh, my process is really Friday night comes and, and it's my turn to uh, give my team the best chance to win and give them the most quality start that I can and then uh, see what happens. And then the day after and, and the week leading up to the next start is really focused on what did I do good? How can I keep that consistent? What did I not do well? How can I improve on that? And then um, – put that work together and see how it goes the next start. Uh, I just think it's with our entire pitching staff right now, we're for the most part, we're working really hard and, and our work is paying off um, in the games. And, and I think guys are really getting after it. And so it's, for me, it's not to outdo myself or anything like that. It's honestly just go out there and give our team the best chance to win as a Friday night guy and give the other pitchers, um, something to look at for, for the team that we're facing because as a Friday guy, you don't really you don't get a firsthand experience of, of a team's tendencies or how they hit or how they approach pitchers. And uh, You can watch video, but it's, it's not a, a firsthand account of how they like to go about things. And so you're kind of you're out there to be a little bit of a test, test subject, but um, I've taken that and, and it's been something I've always wanted, so I've, I've been happy with it. Looks like it's done pretty well for you so far. Take on Cal on a Friday night, beat him seven to one. Take on UW on a Friday night, beat him four to three. Take on Utah, beat him eleven to one. Now upcoming big series with Arizona on the road um, down in uh, down in Arizona in Tucson, I should say. Um, actually, but that will be your next conference series. I'm getting a little ahead of myself looking ahead to, to next week. You got UC Irvine first at home this week. Are you going to be going again on this Friday night uh, non-conference series? Yes, I will. How, what's your preparation like? I guess we're on a Wednesday. So how early do you start familiarizing yourself with hitters, maybe discussing with your pitching coach a, a potential game plan and scouting report, especially for a team outside of your conference like UC Irvine? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's this is a little different just because we played them in San Diego and I got to pitch against them. And so this will be my second time this year going up against them. Um, but I would say it's throughout the week, coach Dietrich and I talk throughout when I throw my pens and stuff like that, we talk about lefty versus righty and, um, how many they have of each and what they like to do. And, and it's, it's an ongoing process throughout the week of discussing the team and working on stuff that, will be a weapon against them. And so it's, it's not just one day or the day of, or, or something like that. It's, it's the whole week of preparation. And, um, so this week I'll, I'll kind of go back and reflect on, um, the last outing against them and, and how I pitched and what I did and what I didn't do. And, and then I'll continue to keep working on it, getting ready for Friday. In early March, you pitched against Mississippi state and, had 17 strikeouts through eight innings. 
was there anything uh, different that you that you felt about that game? I noticed that you said that you didn't feel well for most of that week, and you weren't sleeping well in the nights leading up to it. Was I, I feel like if you're not feeling well, it'd be hard to go out and strike out 17 dudes, but you did it anyway. What, was that any different than a normal start? Uh, it was a little bit. I think I I, I don't know what was going on with my body. I just kind of it wasn't recovering the same and. And then Friday it kind of changed, um, but yeah, I think I think the sleep part was uh, a lot of the thought for me in my head was how bad we looked last year against them, and and how much that road trip kind of just went right down the drain for us. And um, I don't want to say that it was revenge or anything like that, but it was definitely there was definitely some motivation behind that, and. Um, there's obviously intent and motivation behind every start, but that might have been part of the reason why I wasn't sleeping or whatever. But um, I, tr- I mean, for the most part during the week, I treated it like a normal start. Had my two bullpens and um, did my normal preparation. It's just when I got out there, I got in a groove, and everything was working for me. Everything that I had worked on in the pen was was going smooth, and um, it just was one of those things where you get rolling. When you are rolling like that, do you ever have moments on the mound where you're like, whoa, my changeup feels good right now. My fastball location is on right now. Like, Do you have certain moments? Is it early in the game or is it in your bullpen when you're warming up where you kind of know that you have something for a special performance? Uh, I mean, for me, I can, I can tell how my body feels and how everything is going in the pen. And when I get out, I start to get a feel, but... Um, I don't really get a feel that it's going to be a special day or anything like that until it happens, honestly. Um, and I think it's it's just going out there and, and doing your thing and uh, trusting the work that you put in. Uh, you Obviously, there's going to be days where you feel stuff that is, is better than others and you can feel your pitches working or not working. And that's when Coach Dietrich and I and Tim Cisnara communicate and kind of get on the same page of, of what to throw, what not to throw, and and see where we can go from there. Some scouting reports in the past have uh, said that you can work on command. At least that was one of the scouting reports at the end of last season, that one of the biggest knocks was Peterson's command. Your strikeout to walk is 66-4 to this year. Do you think you've answered that? I think I have. I think I, I have so far, and I think I have a lot, a long way to go. I think there's a lot of season left, and, um, my goal during the offseason wasn't to prove everyone that I could have a good strikeout-to-walk ratio, but it was work on my command for the team and for myself. And, and walks are so crucial to keep the number down because if you look at box scores, usually a team will score close to or as many runs as they have walks. And uh, hmm. I think when you can keep that down – and and not give guys free bases, and especially with a team that would would like to be aggressive on the base pass or has some fast guys and, or does play some mind games, uh, you definitely want to keep them off the bases, and by giving them free passes is, is uh, just kind of a waste of, of pitches and, and puts you in a different situation. And so I think, for me, it was, it was a lot about for if I'm going to give this team the best chance to win, I need to not give up as much uh, free bases or, or something like that. And so it's really just been a lot about 
um, throwing strikes, not not necessarily striking everyone out, but pounding the zone, getting ahead of hitters. I felt like I've had more success when I do get ahead of hitters. Um, and so for me, it's it's about having success, obviously, for for this team to win. And, and so uh, I have to do what, what gives us the best chance to win. Last couple things for you, David. Uh, I noticed, you know, some of your starts, you go with the high socks. But for USA Baseball, you got to go low cut. Now, are you a high socks guy by nature? Uh, not really. I think when I was younger, a lot of it was uh, pants down. But um, <laughs> Coach Horton's policy is everyone goes pants up. and Nice. Um, kind of an old-fashioned um, look on things, which is cool. Um, but yeah, when I had the opportunity at USA to, to have either one, to switch it up here and there. And, um, so yeah, I'm not necessarily one or the other. What, uh, what's a good pitching comp for you? I selfishly offered David Price. Do you like that comparison or, or where else would you look at when you're trying to, uh, make a comparison with a big league arm? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, uh, being compared to someone like that is uh, that's an honor for me, and it's it it's uh, I've heard that one before, and so I do I do kind of agree with it. Um, just by wa- I've watched a lot of his video um, when I I'll watch uh, MLB video and see the best guys in the game doing what they're doing, no matter lefty or righty. Uh, you can always learn something, and so I think watching guys like him or Kershaw or Arietta Bumgarner, all those guys. There's always something you can learn, even if you don't have the same delivery or throw with the same hand. You can see guys' tendencies or how they work or um, just how they're at the top of the game. And so for me, it's I've watched a lot of David Price, and I I think he's one of the best. And um, so yeah, I've heard that I've heard that comp before. And finally, uh, as I leave you, you had to pick one baseball movie. Your favorite baseball movie doesn't fail for you. You have to watch it. Wh- which one are you going to? Oh, geez. Um, you know, I probably have to say uh, Rookie of the Year. Oh, there it is. I like it. I like yeah. it. That, that's an old standby, too. I like that one. Definitely. It uh, it never fails. My personal, my mine's the Sandlot. I watch the Sandlot on my birthday every year, but even okay. even now, watching it every year, it's uh, it starts to get a little predictable. <laughs> yeah, but starts for those movies to get old. A good a good classic is timeless to a certain degree, but uh, even the best ones. You can only take it certain quantity. But anyway, David, uh, thanks for, so much for taking the time, man. Six and one, two one four ERA, whip under one. You're killing it. You're killing it. It's a lot of fun to watch you pitch, and I look forward to getting down to PK to watch a couple more of your appearances as the season uh, continues and as your team keeps gunning for the for the top top part of the Pac-12 conference. I know there's another team just down the road that's having a pretty good year, but uh, I know you guys aren't worried about them yet. Uh, at this point, but best of luck to you the rest of the way, David, and uh, look forward to keep talking pitching. Thanks. 
Awesome. Thank you for having me. And our thanks to David Peterson for joining us here on Diamond 750. Big series for him coming up with UC Irvine and Oregon State will be taking on Utah. Nick Magical joined us earlier. Give me a follow on Twitter at Judah Newby at 1029 the game as well. More Diamond 750 will be coming up next week. Again, our thanks to the Oregon State Beavers and Oregon Ducks for helping to set these interviews up. More baseball talk coming your way next week on Diamond 750.